This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, um, I got involved in men's Bible study. Uh, I got involved in serving. Um, my girlfriend and I, then my fiance and I, my wife, we got involved together in community and serving with Pastor Christian in youth ministry. And um, that community, that became our spiritual community. I had a lot of things in my life that needed to get out. And as I got closer in spiritual community, I wanted to get it out because I love the people I was serving with. Welcome to the Activate Podcast, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Mike Evans. I'm the family pastor here at Journey, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today on the podcast. This past Sunday, we began a new series called One Another. In this season of social distancing, we felt as a leadership team that it was crucial that we focus on what the Bible teaches about us being involved in each other's lives and how God calls us to interact with one another. And we've simply called this series One Another because that's a phrase you hear over and over in the New Testament. And always, the dozens of times you see that Greek word alilon um, there in the New Testament uh, used by the Apostle Paul, it always has to do with how we are to treat one another as followers of Christ and as examples to the world. Pastor Ryan delivered a powerful message this past Sunday, and uh, I think um, if you heard it, I'm betting that you really enjoyed it. And um, I'm sitting in this seat today, which is a seat that Ryan usually occupies while he sets up Pastor Christians with questions that Pastor Christian normally dispenses his wisdom on. Well, today it's Ryan's turn. So we're excited to kind of have the tables turned a little bit uh, on this today. And Ryan, for you to share with us um, kind of what God is teaching you and to kind of expand on the message you gave this past Sunday. So, a little nervous. It's a little easier to just say, that's good. And, you know, <laughs> my teeth chatter a little bit. You'll know I've got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to... I'll try to do my job well and set you up. So first off, I want to say, Ryan, that I loved your message this past Sunday. Anytime you teach um, your heart for God, your heart for people, um, your heart for the community, it just shines through. And this past Sunday was no different. It was such a heartfelt and practical message that I think our people are going to really use to help them take their next steps spiritually and how to love one another well. So thanks for getting this series off to a great start. And uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Let's start our discussion uh, with kind of a, a why a series like this one kind of question. You know, it's always important to ask the why before the what. Um, a great speaker once said that. And um, help us understand, if you would, Ryan, why do you feel that this new series, One Another, is important for our people to hear in this season of COVID-19? Well, I think um, the reason, you know, that we talked about this series is it's one thing for us to, um, you know, be locked up and think, man, I can't have any interaction with uh, with others. But even in this series, uh, or even in this season, it could be it could be weeks and months before yeah. things are normal, and people can't go without community. I mean, they just can't. They have to have great connections. And we thought, you know, before people uh, get out and say, man, I've, I've been so trapped for so long. I'm emotionally struggling. I'm mentally struggling. We don't want that to happen. We know there's some who've been pretty active, right? There's some folks who you can see on Facebook, Instagram, they, they've been, you know, social distancing, but they've been interacting with people. Yeah. But we also know there's a lot of people listening from around the country who have not, uh, who either have just been really strictly locked inside. Um, but then even those who 
maybe not weren't as much locked inside. They were locked down socially. They they weren't interacting with people. They didn't do any video chats. They hadn't been a part of any Zoom calls. They they didn't they weren't in a small group before. And so we want to kind of give another great push to say get connected let's let's one another each other there's a reason it's so profound in the uh, um uh, prolific so prolific in the in the bible it's because it's something that's super important that jesus found to be super important paul found to be super important so in a normal season this is super important but even more when people are coming out of you know lockdown so to speak possibly emotionally struggling, possibly spiritually struggling, we thought, man, let's activate our entire listening audience, which, and then beyond, because if people will do these things, it will then impact people who, who aren't listening. Their lives will be impacted. Their hearts will be changed. They will be receiving the love as an, as an overflow for those who are loving one another within the body of Christ. Yeah, I was thinking as you were sharing, it's almost like uh, the whole, the world has been put in time out, <laughs> yeah. or we've been grounded, or, or whatever. You pick your uh, pick your punishment, and and as we begin to even think about coming out of that, it, these are such great and, and important reminders to have. So, you know, one of the things I know that you've done, you, you referred to this in your message um, that you guys, as, as the Holt family, has been doing over the past. A couple of months is watching that mini mini series uh, called The Chosen. Uh, it's been mentioned in a lot of the sermons that have been shared, and including yours again this past Sunday. Um, and I remember talking with you, Ryan, about how you would watch this episode every night with your family, and uh, how your p- family's been so encouraged by it. Just kind of as a kind of a step outside of the the uh, one another series. Just kind of personally, what have you loved about? Uh, the chosen, and and why do you recommend people watch it? Well, and this isn't intended to be a replacement for people right. getting into their Bibles. Right, we are not being paid for this advertisement. Yeah, there's no payment for this advertisement. Um, we, but I think what happens when someone goes to Israel, when someone watches this type of a drama, it it can help bring the Bible alive. Yeah. Certainly, the Holy Spirit does that. That is the primary uh, way that we understand Scripture. Uh, the Holy Spirit allows us to understand truth, allows us to follow biblical hermeneutics on how to interpret it, right? How do we, how do we know it says that? Well, Scripture interprets Scripture, but from a practical basis, it's one thing when you see the lives of people who are around Jesus coming to life. And then, you know, there's a great scene where Matthew the tax collector and of course in this series they have him as possibly possibly autistic or um what's the other form uh, Asperger's yeah, yeah Asperger's. just on the spectrum he was definitely a unique character in the series yeah, yeah. And, and you fall in love with him right yeah. he's just great but you also because he was a tax collector he was hated you know so you have a little angst towards him but there's a scene where of course I'm not ruining it for anyone if you read your bible you know he he becomes a follower of Jesus but um when he does, there's a little bit of this, what? Him? And you just, it comes to life. I think we read over that stuff in the Bible like, okay, Matthew, tax collector, is a bad guy, and he became a follower of Jesus. But you see the real life implications of what happens when people in your life who you think, oh, they're never going to come to Christ. We all have them, right? I, I've had family and friends that are like, oh, they're never. I mean, like, like maybe I'll just give up because I've talked to them so many times, I'm blue in the face. They don't even want to see me anymore because they think I might, you know, invite them to church. And then God works 
and and draws them because he's drawing them, and as you love them and care for them, so it just helps bring to life real examples like that, and, and maybe it helps you not to give up. Maybe it helps you as you see that. It helps you not to give up on some other hurting lost people. But then it also, when you read your Bible, you're like, okay, that makes sense. I can, I'm kind of piecing together how this went, how Jesus loved them, how he, you know, whether he was turning water into wine and, and, and the impact of that moment, whatever it was, it just, my kids, as we started to talk about things, we started to say, okay, remember that character? That's who the, okay, now I, now it's coming to life. Um, and that's why we encourage people at our church, obviously, to go to Israel because the Bible comes to life as they're there and they see the Sea of Galilee. I've been to Capernaum where much of this, the chosen, the several, most of the scenes are from Capernaum. So, um, man, that's why, um, I read it and, and why I love it because it's just bringing to life the real life stories of people who have been transformed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in your message this past Sunday, Ryan, uh, one of the statements you made was this, that followers of Jesus are identified by their love for one, for one another, for each other. Um, this was based on Jesus' command in John 13, uh, verse 34, uh, to love one another and in m- many of the other one, of, one another verses as well. Do you think this is how followers of Jesus are identified today? Well, I'd hope so, but not in every case. Certainly there are so many people who are identified by others because they 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 have that air about them, they have joy, they have peace, or even when they're in difficulty, they handle it with such strength. Or they're or they're vulnerable. I had a conversation with a family member just uh, maybe yesterday or the day before and it was she was struggling with having some doubts and felt like, where's God? And I said, you're being authentic. Yeah. And God embraces that, right? We talked about the lament in past mm-hmm. sermon and podcast and joked about, you know, Pastor Christian, I had to learn what that was. And, you know, we laughed that he said it's, you know, the mint you get on your way out of a French restaurant, a lament. <laughs> um, but I, t- I kind of talked her through what a lament is right. in saying it's okay to biblically complain to God and, and to cry out mm-hmm. and, and to, to hurt. So... It isn't the person that looks like they're just on cloud nine all the time. Yeah. Um, it, it's a person who's authentic and vulnerable. And I think if if we are that, if if the people of our church, if Christians around the world are authentic, not perfect, and if it, the best they can, they're loving others, they will be identified as that. Mm-hmm. I think often, though, um, people are identified by what they stand for, right. um, by what they're against, um, and, and that can draw lines. And certainly we're, we're to stand up for truth. We're, we're to do that. But I, I think too often if people are more known by what they're against than how they love, yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. I, was, I just read uh, something related to this a couple of days ago, Ryan. It said uh, people are hard to hate close up. You know, the closer you get to people, the more you kind of feel uh, their pain, you feel their emotion, you feel their life, and it's easier to love them Close, the closer you get to them. But in this kind of world where we've been physically distant, it can be, it can, loving people can be challenging just because you're not up close with them. You know what I'm saying? I, I do exactly yeah. know what you mean. And I think as we get to know people, even people on the other side of an issue, yeah. or on the, because let's face it, we know sometimes we'll hear about Congress people. They're on the opposite sides of the aisle, but they're great friends. Yeah. But the, uh, we think, well, that neighbor thinks different than me politically. I cannot be their friend. Right, 
darkness because they might skew my thinking or and it's we need to be known by love we need to be known like hey i disagree but i love you yeah without agenda without agenda i'm i'm here to love you because i care for you as a human being and i and i want you to come to know jesus but if you if you write him off i'm still gonna love you I'm still going to try to treat you with respect. And so I think we want to be identified as people who are known by love mm-hmm. more so than what we stand for, or what we're against. And yes, we stand for truth. We stand for the Bible. We believe it's the Word of God, you know, unquestionably. Yeah. But um, we, w- we want to be known by love. Yeah. And one of the things I love about you, Ryan, and one of the thing, reasons I think we're such good friends is um, you're just a regular guy, you know, and you kind of – you. You shared that so well in your message about how um, you're just a regular guy who needs community and connection in your life. And that's one of the things that God used to draw you to Jesus years ago. And it's one of the things that you know draws others to Jesus through you. And um, I can attest that this is really who you are. Um, You're not pleading with people to get involved in community uh, and to love one another just because you're the connections pastor and it's in your job description to help people connect that's not that's not why you do what you do you do it because it's in your soul because of the impact it's made in your life and i'd love you to maybe take a minute to to speak into that to talk about how community and good friends have impacted your life and uh, why we as a church are so intentional about helping people find community in all sorts of ways yeah it changed my life so many years ago like 23 years ago i gave my life to Christ in the month of May of 1997, and very soon after that, um, I got involved in men's Bible study. Uh, I got involved in serving. Um, my girlfriend and I, then my fiance and now my wife, we got involved together in community and serving with Pastor Christian and youth ministry, and and um, that community that became our spiritual community. Yeah. I had a lot of things in my life that needed to get out, and as I got closer in spiritual community. I wanted to get it out because I loved the people I was serving with, and I I didn't want to be the weak link. I didn't want to be the one who um, had this stuff going on, and now I brought what we were trying to do in youth ministry down or what we were trying uh, to do in, in, in the church down. So, you know, no one ever said, Ryan, stop doing these things, but being a part of loving Christian community helped change me. And some people listening right now, they don't have that. And they also have some of the things going that I had going that they need that that God's been telling them get this out of your life, change how you're living, and when you get around authentic spiritual community, I know your wife has a, a fantastic small group, yes. right? And she has fallen in love with a group of ladies of variety of backgrounds, variety. Some have things going right, and others are trying to dig out of some challenges, but they're loving each other. They're not judging each other. And and growth is happening, right? That is authentic spiritual community, and that's that's what we're advocating for. Not just you know, hey, I get a seventy thousand dollar bonus if I get ten more people in small group. I mean, that's crazy, and that's not true. <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but your job, if that's true, <laughs> yeah, you know, it doesn't work that way. No. So, uh, right, it it isn't because I just hey, my numbers are good. Now, numbers can say health. Yes. Right. If we have a certain amount of people in groups, it can show a healthy community. Right. If you've got six percent in small groups, you probably have an unhealthy church. Yeah. If you have fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, you're gaining in you're health. On the right track. You yeah. want a hundred percent. So yes, I want that, but that's not at the heart. At the heart, when when I sat down with Pastor Christian, 
almost nine years ago about helping him um, at the church. He asked me, what, what drives me? What do you want to be involved with? And it was like next steps, connections. I want to help people not only get into groups, but I want to help people grow. That's That was the heartbeat of what I want. He just said, what do you want to do? Like, I want you on our team. What do you want to do? And, and that's what nine years later, I'm been. it's been a joy to get to do. So, And I love the stories of so many people. Um, and I'd love for you, if you're, if you're listening and, and you've had a story of how Journey or Jesus has changed you through spiritual community, I'd love for you to, man, email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Like, I, I've cried reading so many stories of baptisms and other things over the years. If you would share those stories, we would love to hear that. But but that's what we want. We and that's why we're intentional because um, I'm just a regular guy. I'm in a I'm in a, a small group now. Um, I'm going to be leading a, a leaders made group. Like I I need spiritual community. These are guys that sharpen me. These are guys that I've always said over the years. Look, if you see me stumbling, lovingly pick me up. And at times, if you need to, lovingly pop me upside the head. Like, I give you permission. Uh, I need that in my life. And, and obviously, we're friends. We have, we're friends with people uh, on our staff here, and, and we, we care for each other, and we, we have spiritual community on our staff as well. So I just think that's, that's why it's so important, and I want to encourage others to, um, to do that as well. Right. If you're not in it, man, find, uh, help, let us help you find some spiritual community. Yeah, I just think as you were sharing that, you know, sin grows in the dark, in isolation. But when you get out in the light and community with other people, um, you can you can deal with it and you can grow and get get right with God and get right with others. And and it's such a healthy thing yes. for to be known and to know others. Absolutely. Well. It, it so, changed my life. I, yeah. I, I'd like to I'd like to meet the 20 some young 20 some year old Ryan from so many years ago. Mm. Um and just from how God changed me to say, hey, snap out of it. You, you knucklehead. Know, change yeah. faster, you <laughs> knucklehead. But I'm thankful that I had patient people around me that loved me, you know, my parents and others who who had come to Christ just around the same time as me. If not, my dad was like five years before, and he was kind of this cheerleader for find a church, and, and I kind of pushed back and then find some community, and he was always encouraging me to do this because he knew it had helped change his life. You know, one of my favorite points in your message came when you said uh, physical distancing smart, social distancing dumb. <laughs> Love that. You followed that uh, sentence up, though, uh, with expressing that we actually need to increase our social connection during this time of quarantine that, we're, that we are in. And you gave us some practical suggestions, that top 10 list of safe and practical ways that we can lovingly serve one another. And I, I just wonder, Ryan, um, what have you had the opportunity to do from that list? How did, how did that impact you? And, you know, as you share that, maybe share what's the greatest lesson that you've learned during this season. Yeah, well, um, I always hesitate sharing what I've done from a perspective of loving others, right? I, and so I, I'll share, but it's not from the standpoint of, hey, look how great I've done here. Give me some accolades. Um, because I think it's it's our duty, not not again as a regular Christian guy, not as a connections pastor. It's my duty to love others. It's my calling. It's my care that drives me to do that. And I think that's what helped move me into ministry. It's like it, it became my all encompassing passion that I wanted to do that. But so I so I say that as my hope is many of you are going to be able to say I've done that. I've done that. I'm doing it. I hope I was speaking to an audience of people who said, check, 
check, mm-hmm. check. Hey, got it. You're speaking mm-hmm. to the choir. I hope. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we've had an opportunity to, to text and reach out to family. We've done a video call, um, not only our church family, um, but to our uh, extended family. We've done a video call uh, with, you know, family across the country, just checking in, how you doing, loving on them. Um, we we uh, we had an opportunity. My kids, I wanted, I want, I want my kids to grow up serving others, and we certainly could do a better job. Um, but we had an opportunity to kind of uh, bless someone. They, we wanted a unique way to kind of bless someone. So um, let's just say they had an opportunity to experience a spiritual ding dong ditch. <laughs> and um, if you listen to the message, you know what he means there. Yeah, and. Um, my hope is many more of those will happen legally and, you know, don't break any laws, don't trespass, don't, don't, you know, I'm not advocating, um, being a delinquent. Uh, so don't hear me, don't hear me wrong here. But, uh, so, you know, those opportunities just to love others. Um, and in another case, got a chance to kind of deliver something for someone that was, a, was a blessing. So hoping, uh, many others will, will do that same thing. I think the lesson, for me personally, and I can't remember if I'd share this in weeks past as Pastor Christian has, but I've just had to slow down. Mm. I mean, really think how fast my pace was going before and now how it slowed down, how it's allowed me to create some better habits of spending more time in the Word, praying more, realizing, look, if if I do that 15 minutes later, that's okay. Yeah. Like, I, I need to slow down and do this. I need to make sure I'm putting... The Lord first, and and I've had waves of you know. Don't think I'm doing that perfectly. I've had seasons in this last ten weeks where things were going great, and I was like killing it, and all these waiting room wins were happening left and right. And then I had like a week where, oh man, I didn't do as well, and I slacked back into, um, you know, just not not the same routine. Um, so I need to. I guess it's been mindful for me to slow down, um, enjoy your family. And so those those have been some lessons that I've learned, and and I'm hoping, I hope I'm hoping it's been a real blessing to my kids. You know, my daughter's senior year, getting more time with her, just time with my family. I wouldn't trade. Yeah, so good, man. Well, Ryan, you closed uh, your message with a verse from Philemon, uh, chapter one, verse seven. Um, that's from Paul to his friend Philemon, and uh, that verse says, "Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother." have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. And I couldn't help but think as you were sharing that uh, part of the message that one of the values in our church is that we want to be a people who are life-giving. And, you know, I think if Paul was writing Philemon today, he may have said something like, hey, Philemon, you are a life-giving person. You refresh the hearts of other people. And, you know, I can't think of a time in our history, at least in my life, in my lifetime, where our world has needed life-giving Jesus followers more than it does right now in the midst of this season. And this loving, or this one another uh, series and this message that you gave today, I so appreciated, Ryan, because it just was a great reminder uh, to me and maybe a first-time um, encouragement to others that that we have to be life-giving people. And that starts with learning to, well, it starts with knowing Jesus, of course, as you shared at the end of your message, but um, it continues as we learn how to love others well. Um, let me kind of give you the floor and um, ask you what final challenge would you want to leave our listeners with today that um, they could they could use to activate their faith? 
I love that phrase, life-giving, and I agree with you that if Paul was a part of Journey Church International and he had our language and our leadership values that perhaps he would have said, uh, you know, as we like to appreciate our volunteers, right, at different events or through special notes, we like to tell them which leadership value they're emulating. I, I definitely think he would have told him, hey, you've been life-giving. Thanks for refreshing the saints. So, yeah, I would have the same challenge. I hope if there's ever a book written about each of us or if one day we're in heaven and, um, you know, I know there's not, not going to be pat on the back. Like we're not going right. to be edifying ourselves there. But if there's a way uh, that God says, hey, well done, I want to show you how you impacted lives, I hope the people of our church will have been super life-giving. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, like like Jesus would be handing out a you know a little ribbon for hey, thank you for being life giving. Wouldn't that be a cool epitaph for Journey one day? Yeah, I mean, not that we're gonna die. No, no but no, yeah, no. for our church, for, for our church, individuals, yeah. like yeah. to have life giving because life sucking is not good. Uh-huh. Like you don't want to be right. that. You don't want to be where you don't want to be a drain. You don't want to be a drain on people. Not that we don't have moments where it's okay. Don't don't hear me wrong. If you're listening and right now you think, oh, I can't tell anybody I'm struggling because I don't want to be a life drain. I, we don't mean that. But because um, you at the same time, we know many of the people in our care groups, they care for each other and they're life-giving even in the midst of their difficulty. Yeah. In fact, many of the people leading those are people who formerly were really struggling and now they're able to give life because of what they went through. So... Uh, but I do. I, I hope we are a church that's not only loving one another, but doing so in the community. But but that thought, even if you write it in your Bible, you write it in your dash of your car, you put it on your mirror, be life-giving. Now, there's so many definitions that come out of that. Life-giving. I want to help people know Jesus. Be life-giving. I want people to, to be encouraged to walk closely with Him. Be life-giving. I I want someone to, to know they're cared about. Be life-giving to the person who looks down and out, then they might go, I do matter. Jesus does know me. He loves me. I mean, like there's different, you've heard illustrations before where someone's walking through the mall and they're really struggling and they're just thinking so down and out. And that day, like three people stopped him to say, I just, I was impressed to say, you're cared about. God, God knows you and loves you. And I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Like be cognizant that the Holy Spirit might be speaking to your heart today that you are supposed to speak some life into somebody which may point them to Jesus, might say, I felt invisible, but I'm apparently not. Maybe God really does exist and he loves me. Mm-hmm. So, man, be life-giving, be loving. Uh, that's how we could really activate, which is what we want this podcast to be. How do people activate their faith when they leave? Be, be life-giving. Well, Ryan, I want to thank you uh, for being a life-giving uh, friend, a life-giving leader. Um, Same and, to you, brother. <laughs> and uh, I also want to thank you for uh, joining us today on the podcast. I really enjoyed uh, our time together, and I hope those of you listening enjoyed and were challenged by this time as well. Thank you for listening today from wherever you are, around the country, around the world. And uh, be sure to tune in to our service this Sunday on either Facebook Live, YouTube, or the Journey Church International app or on uh, takethejourney.cc. There you can find the services as well. We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. Uh, If you would like to share a story uh, with us, we would love to read it. And uh, those always encourage us. And you can do that by emailing us at activate at takethejourney.cc. 
We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that's active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.